You have it tuned to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Of course, when Bobby Pennington, the men's and women's tennis coach at Colgate University, is on the podcast, of course, he has to go first. And I have to admit, Bobby, doing this over the phone has me freaking out a little bit. The two things that calm me down in life is when Louis Anderson wears an ascot and your beard. So the fact that I'm not seeing your beard right now has me a little out of sorts. Please tell me, Bobby. How is your beard doing? That's the first thing I wanted to address, actually. My wife got me a beard king, kind of what they put on at the barbershop. I actually trimmed it yesterday on a number one. So it's kind of like that Hollywood salt and pepper look I got going on now. It was longer, but it's considerably more gray than the last time you've seen me. The gray doesn't bother me, but I would be not approving of the length is what you're telling me, Bobby, right? You would not be. be a little, that's probably why it's best for talking on the phone. Right, right now. It's a little short for you. Yeah, but that's okay. We're just trying to appease her to make her happy and, you know, use the equipment she got me. That's option number one. And then, of course, approved Melanoski option two. I must say, Bobby, that was a breathtaking team photo for women's tennis. Not too many people could pull off the one color like that, but you were color-coded all the way down to your sneakers. Well played, Bobby. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed that, the big white C. I also, if you notice, dressed my male assistant in the exact same outfit, just for the movie Twins, kind of a throwback, just to really mentor him that way. I had to go through many layers, get security clearance, just to talk to you this year, and I'm thinking to myself, what's going on? And then I remembered, you are a Hall of Famer. How has life changed since you were inducted into the Kalamazoo College Athletic Hall of Fame? Changed a lot. A lot of paparazzi everywhere I go in Hamilton. I have to always carry a nice, fresh Sharpie with me, which is difficult. Just trying to stay grounded here. Put it in my email signature. I thought that would be a nice touch. But other than that, just trying to stay grounded. Seriously, though, Bobby, congratulations. That's awesome. What was that experience like? Very cool. You know, they inducted our team from 1999, which is crazy. That's over 20 years ago. We lost in the national championship. They inducted the whole team and really was caught off guard initially by the invitation. Made me feel a little old, a little wizened, but it was a nice honor. All right, let's talk Colgate tennis and let's go back to the men's first match of the year. 6-1 win against St. Francis Brooklyn. You had to be pleased, coach, with the start of the season. Yeah, on paper, I mean, they were pretty even with us and we knew they were pretty talented, pretty international group of guys. They came to play. I think what really won it for us was we got off to a great start in the doubles, and that kind of set the tone. And we won a couple tight three-setters and singles. We just have a very good, I think, a very good energy about the team this year, very good culture going, and they were ready to go. They were super eager. And what a test early on. Next up was Cornell, a very good big red team. And talk about the fight of your squad in this one, including Scott Bickle giving the big red star, Evan Bino, everything he could handle. Yeah, no, that's definitely the toughest team on our schedule by a landslide. They have a chance to do big things. I would say they're a top 20, 25 team this year. They're very solid. I think Scott Bickle played a great match. He won the first set. Credit to our number two guy, who's a freshman, Jack Salati, losing in the second set in a tiebreaker, as well as Rohan Gupta in a tiebreaker. They were not intimidated. I think they relished the challenge, and we played them pretty tightly in spots. You stole my thunders, usually do, but my next question was about freshman Jake Salati. It's tough to be a Division One athlete coach, let alone get playing time as a freshman. So what skill set does Jake Salati possess that he's getting playing time right away? You know, he's a very good competitor. He plays very smart. He knows how to stay at the baseline. He can come to the net, move forward. He doesn't get intimidated. Pretty mature kid for a freshman and not overwhelmed by anybody or anything, really. And when did you get your second house in Winnetka, Illinois? First Scott, now Jake? It's a lot. It's a pipeline now for us. We've always had a lot of kids from that area, but it's really, you're right. I need a summer home there, don't I? Overall, what are your expectations for the men's team this year? 
year? Bounce back season. Uh, we want to have a winning season. We want to have a good seed for the Patriot League tournament so we can advance in that and just get it back to where we were two years ago, which was top three in the league. That's the goal. Now we're going to talk about the women's tennis team, Coach. And first of all, let's talk about the schedule because I saw last year, I believe, the two teams started at the same time. So is this a quirk in the schedule or does this happen a lot where the men or women start before one another? It does happen. We just so happen this year to get a couple opportunities with St. Francis, Brooklyn, and Cornell where we could start earlier with the men. But this weekend, you're right, it's two double hitters. The ladies start up. They still play the ultimate same number of matches. It's just men got off to an earlier start. Very much looking forward to the women's season. It's a whole new team with four freshmen. They really want to start what they call their revenge tour. Well, with freshmen, what are the pluses and what are the minuses? You already have some gray in your beard, as you told me, so you can't get yeah. that much more gray, Coach. So yeah. what are the uh, drawbacks and what are the benefits of such a young squad? I'd say benefits. They come in really hungry and eager. You know, not a lot of people know their games that we're playing, so they kind of a fresh look you might have some nerves initially you know with the competition and everything else but i think they'll get used to that and we really have the opportunity for all four to start which is super unusual that all four are at that level and we didn't lose anybody last year so it's a big squad name dropping time now coach go well our captains are jordan williams and lauren o'brien they're our seniors and they're really looking forward to this group and then our four freshmen are Trina Tella, emily untermeyer emmy levinson and rebecca wolf but we also return our two-year number one mackenzie Dieter. that's seven names off the top of my dome that could contribute i never underestimate the power of your dome coach give us a preview of the women's first match this saturday against maris what are you expecting from the red foxes the last few years, we beat them at their place. They beat us at ours. I think it's going to be a competitive match. They're always pretty similar in level, but I think we're well deeper than we have been in the past few years, and we're looking to come out with a W for sure. And let's go back to the men quickly. How are the Marist men looking? Marist men, very solid. They've actually beat us successively, I believe, 4-3 in the last couple of years, coming down to the last match. So we've had some battles with them, and I think we can really we look to get over the hump this year to hopefully beat them and go 2-1. and one. Start two and one. Does the fall have any kind of bearing on what happens in the spring, coach, or are they really two separate seasons? Good question. I think pretty separate. The fall is a great for individual results in these invitationals, and it's a great experience for the guys, but you're not playing as a team and you're not playing for, you know, the one big result, the winner or the loss. I think they really are two wholly separate entities. Look at you, coach. How did you manage to get that New Orleans trip on the schedule? That took a lot of creative energy. We're looking forward to that. We got some schools in that area that are very quality as far as uh, University of New Orleans. We play Southern Mississippi. We actually play at UConn for the ladies. They're down there at the same exact time. And The sad thing is we cannot play Tulane, which I try, because if you look up the Tulane head men's coach, kind of a skinnier version of myself. That would have been a powerful picture. And is this the first trip for you to New Orleans, or you've been there before? I'm a veteran. I've been to Bourbon Street on a few occasions, so I will be revisiting old grounds for sure. And I know a cause near and dear to your heart, Coach, if you want to go into this once again, and I'm not sure where it lies on the schedule this year but talk about the children's heart awareness match something that oh, you yeah. guys have been doing on an annual basis yes so that is february 23rd we host university of rochester we have a bunch of t-shirts 100 t-shirts to sell the match to the first 100 fans we have been raising great funds for this last three or four years obviously the match stems from the fact that my son had heart surgery at galistano children's hospital and they did a tremendous job he's 100 percent, and we're very grateful to them and everything they've done for us so this is just a small way to pay back and then that 
once again is coming up, Coach, just to remind listeners, February 23rd? February 23rd at Sanford Fieldhouse on campus. We will be ready. Teams wearing red, red headbands, red socks, you name it. And new assistant Jake Sandler, Coach, what has he added to the Colgate tennis programs? We're really excited to have him. He's been great with the teens. He's acclimated right away. He has just a tremendous energy about him. He loves being on the court. He really is passionate to get into coaching, and that was a really big new hire for us. Is he a distant cousin of Adam, and did he try to tell Adam Sandler that another grown-ups movie is a bad idea? I asked him that in the interview. We're still not sure about that. We're researching that. He does kind of look like a smaller version of him, so I think they could be related. And I read Jake's bio as I have been practicing reading as of late, Coach, and I noticed he went to Washington College, and they are known as the Shoreman. And a Shoreman is defined as one who dwells on a shore. Does Jake tend to dwell on one of the many shores in Hamilton? Oh, that's a great question. He does not. He lives above Maine Moon, for all those listeners out there. He does like the water. He had a good experience there. I think he's a local legend there. If you had a social media burner account, and I'm saying if, Coach, have you given any thought what your social media burner account name would be? Oh, my gosh. That's a great question. No, I have not, and I can give that some thought, or I can give you some quick answers right now, but that's a really good question. Maybe the Riddler or the Trendsetter would be my name, my handle. But wouldn't that be a giveaway, Coach? Wouldn't they know that's your alter ego? That's a good point. That's a very good point. I'd have to be a lot stealthier than that. I'm not going to rush the answer to this question. Now that I have your cell phone, after we hang up, how long will it take you to get a new cell phone number so I don't have your active cell phone anymore? <laughs> I'm going to keep it. I like the bantering here. You can contact me anytime to discuss beards or tennis or anything else with the area. That might be a dangerous thing, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck this season with the men's and women's tennis teams. Thank you, sir. That is Hall of Famer Bobby Pennington on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. From tennis to Colgate women's lacrosse, talking to goalie Sam Cross, and hard to believe you're a senior already, Sam? Definitely. I think that that's really only started to sink in last few weeks but I'm you know getting ready for the season and I'm, I'm really excited for the second semester to just live that out and finish out my collegiate experience. Third coach in three years how have you adapted to all this change? You know Eric that's actually a question that I get asked pretty often and I'll say of course you know with each new coaching staff right you need to create a new culture on your team you need to figure out how to adapt to their coaching style but I think that the one good thing about it is that especially, you know, the group that I've been with this senior class, as well as everybody else who's been through these coaching changes, you know, it really makes you more adaptable. I think that with each coach and each coaching style, you pick up something new, Heather Young to Elizabeth Pavel, and especially now Kathy Taylor. I think that they've all brought something different and unique to the table that I've been able to grow from and learn from. And what has been unique so far about Coach Taylor? What do you like about her so far, Sam? All right. The question is, what don't I like? I think that there's so many things that she's brought to the table that I'm not used to seeing. I think that one thing in particular that stands out to me is that she's really good at figuring out how are we going to get the team culture in a place where it needs to be. She does a tremendously good job, in my opinion, at figuring out who has untapped potential and how she's going to get them to compete at their best level. I think a lot of people come into Colgate knowing that they're highly motivated individuals. It's a pretty specific profile that they recruit here, but I will say that Coach Taylor does a good job at elevating people to the next level, right? You think that you can accomplish one thing, and I'll never forget this from the first time that we got on the phone. I could tell from her voice I was going to trust her and that I was going to run in whichever direction she pushed me towards. So I will say that I think for myself personally and for everybody on the team, it's been really amazing to watch our potential reach its highest point, reach its peak. I had the 
pleasure of talking to Coach Taylor for a recent Colgate Raider Report podcast, and I know there's going to be a style change in front of you, but has anything changed for you on how you specifically will play the goalie position or the changes in scheme are predominantly in front of you and you will still play the same way as you always have? No, Eric, I think as are most things in the game, a lot of the style changes that she's made in front of me are connected to the way that I'm going to play. And I've done my best to adapt to the style changes that she's made because one thing that I have noticed about her is that I think a lot of people have said this before, you know, she pushes people really hard, but you can't deny the improvements that have been made from the second she stepped on the field to now in the spring season. Everybody, I think, knows at this point that she has a really fast style of play. That's like one of her big claims to fame. I've seen the transition game move a lot quicker than we're used to playing. She likes to make sure that girls are catching it instead of running the ball up the field, and I've been amazed at how much time that cuts off the clock. So as far as how that relates to me personally, she wants my clears coming out of my stick as fast as possible, right? Because I'm the lead man on that. So whenever I make a save, it's up to me to be looking around right and left, finding the person who would open the quickest, and then letting them transition the ball up the field so we can get it down and have as much time on offense as possible. Whether it be Coach Taylor or one of the assistants, has there been one coach that has specifically been working with you, Sam, or all hands on deck? I know everybody's coaching you up and stuff, but is there one specific coach that has really been working one-on-one with you? Truthfully, I think that they've all played a really big role in my development. I will say that a lot of the times I do ask her for a lot of individual work, and Jess Antelmi has been working with me on some of the tactical things and figuring out, you know, just how to improve my steps, how to improve my hand positions, and and how to make sure that I'm going to be my best self come season. As far as Coach Taylor, I think aside from the tactical stuff, one of the biggest things that she has done for me is she has made me a better leader, and I've been able to grow tremendously under her leadership. I think that it's really cool that she leads by example. Like I said before, I don't think that I've ever had a coach that's as tough as her, but I'm so thankful for that. I think that she's a blessing that I needed, but I never knew I needed until I had her. Like I said before, I just think that she's done a really good job at figuring out ways to communicate with everybody. And I would say that's one thing that inspires me. She spent a couple of years as a counselor, and I believe she has a degree in social work, and it really shows. I think that she really knows on an emotional level how to connect with different people, how to talk to different people with a wide range of personalities. And as a leader, that's a skill that I definitely have honed and developed because of her and seeing her handle it with other student-athletes. Talking to women's lacrosse goalie at Colgate University, Sam Crossan, on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. What do you know about Marist, your season-opening opponent? From Marist, they've always been pretty good on the draw circle. And while I do know that they lost one of their draw girls this year, that's something that I've always seen them be strong at in the past. So just being ready for that. And last time, so far as I remember versing them, they had some pretty good outside shots and a lot of good drivers. So that's something that I expect to see again and have been preparing for in the meantime. Nothing quite like the season opener. How excited is the team, Sam? Truthfully, I don't think that they've ever been as excited. Like I said before, you know, we've been through a lot of different coaching changes, but I think that having Coach Taylor come in in this final year has been such a great culmination of everything that I've learned over the course of being here for four years. So I think that, especially in the beginning, in the fall, I think it took some people a while to get on board as it is with any culture change but you can tell even looking forward that within the next five years this is going to be a completely different program than it once was however on that same side of the coin I also think that 
one thing that I admire about Coach Taylor is that she doesn't look ahead necessarily. Of course, she's worried about her future income in classes and the future of the program. But at the same time, there is not one thing that she's more focused on than the now, um, our current program, and how far that she plans to take us this season. So I'm really excited about that. What do you think about the switch, Sam, to playing at Andy Kerr Stadium? I really do have to credit that to Coach Taylor. I think that the other captains, the seniors, and everybody on the team is really excited about the move to Andy Kerr. But especially the returners can really appreciate and feel gratitude towards that move because we are used to playing on a different field. This year, they actually just got a Jumbotron, so they're going to have a big screen. The Colgate Athletics Department has really amped up their media, so we've been taking a lot of really cool videos and pictures and things of that nature. And again, that's just another element of excitement that really adds to the feel of the game and the feel of the sport come game day. What was it like being announced as one of the captains for this year's squad? Out of all of the leadership positions that I've ever been involved in, aside from being a sister to two younger brothers, this is the one I'm the most proud of. I think that being a captain, for me, the most rewarding aspect of it is being able to watch others grow under my leadership. And like I said, I'm in a pretty unique position right now where I'm being taught how to be a leader on the one hand, and then I'm being a leader on the other. So I think it's just been really cool to learn from some people, Coach Taylor, as well as the assistant coaches, and my other co-captains. Noel Patterson, Peyton Gabriel, and Ingrid Backey have been a really big part of the way that I've been able to do my job this year. I think that one of the biggest parts of being a captain is having other people who you can collaborate with and bounce ideas off of. And I think that we've always done a really good job of having open communication and figuring out how to connect with the team in the best way possible. How was it last year being named All-Patriot League second team? Is that a motivating factor? I did it last year. I can do it again and maybe even better. That I will actually turn to a conversation that I had with Coach Taylor prior to the season starting. So the first time that she ever got on the phone with me, one thing that she did say that I think is important to point out is, and she said this to the team several times, I'm not going to tell you that you have to trust me because I know that I have to earn it. And for me personally, right away, that establishes trust off the bat just because she gives that option and she knows that that's something that she is going to work hard for. So I really appreciated that. But she also asked me, what are some of your personal goals? Because originally I had talked about the team goals and what I wanted us all to accomplish. She asked me about some of my personal goals, and I don't think that she was quite satisfied with the answer. And she made that known to me that she thought that I could be reaching higher. And ever since then, I've switched my mindset, even in your dreams, right? Even in the things that you think that you can accomplish, there are still barriers that are set. And there's still a certain point where you think, okay, this is the top notch highest thing I can accomplish. And she says, no, you could do better than that. And I'm going to prove it to you. So ever since then, yeah, I was honored and humbled by that award. And I'm really happy with how far that I've come, but I absolutely anticipate to go as far, if not further, in a couple different areas. So I'm really excited for that last opportunity to prove myself on this field. I know your focus is on Maris right now, but I'm going to look a little bit ahead. And will this be your first ever trip to Nashville, Tennessee, when you guys take on Vanderbilt? Or have you been there before? I have actually been to Nashville, Tennessee before. Not with the team, but I did go to a bachelorette party and I thought it was great. I have to say, Nashville, I think, is going to be a really good place for some team bonding because there's a ton of live music, which I personally love. And I will say that Coach Taylor is a big country music fan. And while that's not necessarily my first choice, I think that in Nashville, there's a lot of really cool things to do, live bands, ways to bond with the team. So I think that we're all really excited to get out of Hamilton and just bond in a different place and see a couple of new things and experience a couple of new things with each other. Do you have a special attachment to your jersey number 17, or was that just thrown your way four years ago? That's a good question, Eric. I don't think necessarily that I had a special attachment to it to begin with. And the number 17 doesn't stem from anything personal, nor does anybody else in my family have it. But I will say that now that I've grown in the number 
it's something that I think about a lot. The number attachment is sort of an important part of the game. It's something that I definitely take pride in. It's a good number. I'm happy that I chose it. All right, let's go in the classroom quickly, Sam. You have had success academically as well, not only on the field, but you've had success in the classroom. What are the keys to having that success, do you feel? One thing that's really important is early on being open to a lot of different options, right? We go to a liberal arts school. It's important and unique and a cool experience to have an education where you learn a lot of different soft skills. My major is sociology and my minor is writing and rhetoric. I think that I've really learned a lot about the ways that people interact with each other. And I do intend to use that major and the skills I've learned towards a career in sports media. Next year, I will be attending the Newhouse School in Syracuse to attend just a one-year master's in digital broadcasting and journalism. So I'm excited about that. Eric, just to address the other part of your question, qualities that I've always used just to excel in the classroom, I think one important thing is work ethic. And one thing that I try and preach to the younger girls on my team are just, you know, keep moving forward. I think that a lot of times at Colgate, it's really easy to feel overwhelmed. This is definitely one of the highest academically ranked schools in the country. The good thing about being a student athlete is that it teaches you to work hard no matter what you're doing. So I think that work ethic and time management have been crucial. And the last thing I will say is that the resources on Colgate, in my opinion, are unmatched. There's a uh, career services center that has been nothing but helpful as far as excelling and propelling my future career forward. And everybody in the athletics department is nothing but nice. And they always extend their hand when they get the chance to. What things have you been involved with as far as the athletic community is concerned at Colgate? Outside of my role as a captain for the lacrosse team, there are definitely a couple of other things that I'm involved in surrounding the athletics community on campus. I am the vice president of the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. So basically just for any listeners out there who don't know what that is, essentially it's one or two people from each team who meet bi-weekly or monthly to discuss ways to enhance the student athlete experience. And going off of that, a couple of things in the Student Athlete Advisory Committee that have come out of that. One thing is this group called the Wellness Advocates, which is a group that I co-founded. And essentially the Wellness Advocates group, again, is one or two people from each team who basically meet bi-weekly to discuss How are we going to promote open conversations surrounding mental health in athletics and in the sport? I think that there's sometimes a stigma around sports that it's not okay to ask for some help, but I consider as a goalie especially the mentality of the sport, that aspect of the sport to be equally as important as a lot of the training that I do. So that's something that I try and promote and figure out ways for other people to promote on their prospective teams. Outside of that, I also co-founded a group called the Injured Student Athletes Group. That's another program that started this year as well as the Wellness Advocates. And essentially the goal of that, with the help of Megan Kovac especially, who's somebody who's involved in the athletic administration, the goal of that is to get people together who are either injured student-athletes currently or have been in the past. And even if you're not injured, just to come for support, it's a place where people can go and share their experiences with people who are suffering through similar things at the same time as them. I think that especially things like that, when it comes down to season-ending injuries and other heartbreakers such as that, it's really nice to know that there are other people who are going through similar things that you are. The last thing that I would be involved in is my role at the Athletics Communication Department. So I've been working there for a couple of years doing things that are involved with sports media and broadcasting. Most recently, I've taken on a role as a timeout coordinator, and I've done that a couple of times for Lisa Deal, who heads that department. It's been really interesting to be involved in a couple of different aspects of the athletic community, and the relationships that I've formed in those prospective parts of the community have been the most important and rewarding part of that experience. You alluded to your two brothers earlier on in the interview. Tell us, Sam, how was it growing up with two brothers? 
Growing up with two younger brothers is one of the aspects of my identity that has shaped me into who I am the most. I think that growing up as the oldest, I grew up in some way as a natural leader in that sense. I always knew that there were two younger people who are going to be looking up to me. And again, brothers are not necessarily as communicative as sisters. (laughs) I don't think that they talk as much as me. And I'd be lying if I said there weren't times at the dinner table that I sort of take over the conversation. But I think that Despite that, I think it's been really cool for them to be able to look up to me, to ask me a couple of questions, and truthfully to stumble a couple of times and be able to come to me and say, you know, what do I do in this situation? How do I approach it? And me be able to just give them some advice the same way that I would do with any younger girl on my team. Let's go back to your Mount Sinai days. What were you better at when you attended high school, volleyball or cross country? If I had to choose one, I think I would say cross country. Volleyball, while I did play for longer, Cross country, I think I grew more in a shorter period of time. Cross country was just something that I decided to pick up senior year. And I will say that even carrying into now, I think some of the skills that I've learned there have translated. We do a lot of running under the leadership of Coach Taylor. And like she says, we run because we want to win. And I think that there's a powerful message there. For me, running is just as much of a physical thing as it is an emotional one. And a lot of times it's a matter of how much are you going to be able to push through mentally to make sure that you can get over whatever mark she has set. And I think that cross country did a really good job at stretching my brain out and just making me realize how much further I could run, how much faster I could run, and just, again, strengthening some of my mental muscles so now I can utilize those to push the team in the running. Sam, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Best of luck against Marist this weekend. And down the road, best of luck in Newhouse, Sam. Thank you so much. Eric, thanks for having me. That's Sam Cross and the Colgate women's lacrosse team. And now we're going to finish up the Colgate Raider Report podcast talking football with Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt. This week, National College Football Signing Day, and what a list Colgate has compiled. So very excited to be talking to Coach about this list. And we're just going to quickly run through the list, Coach. And let's start on the defensive side of things. Four defensive backs to talk about, and let's get it started with a product from Hinsdale Central High School. Hinsdale, a place that Colgate has gotten very familiar with over the last couple years. And let's talk about Owen Goss. He's the fourth one we've had. He's the first one on defense. I joke that Coach Basham probably has his own classroom and parking place at that school. If you look at who we've had, I mean, Max Hartsman, Thomas Eyes, and Garrett Oakey, those are good players. So it's a quality program for us. Owen is a guy, we saw him at the Northwestern football camp, just wowed all the coaches. You know, we knew right away he's a big physical defensive back who can do everything we need a defensive back to do. He was really a no-brainer, you know, as far as a kid we want to recruit. Got to know his family, and uh, he came up, and, and we signed him in December, and I, I think that he's really you know our type of defensive back there's a handful of states coach that are known as football states and texas certainly one of them so let's talk about a kid from westlake high school sage luther westlake high school won a state championship down there uh, they're one of the best football programs in the state of texas for sure and probably in the country uh, his mother was a olympic gold medalist at the uh, atlanta olympics as a swimmer you know he's a three-year starter state champ again reminds me of wisniewski just hits like whiz comes up he'll change the game with that type of tackling we looked at his heart i mean he's not the tallest kid in the world we don't care he plays the football the right way if you watch his film he just comes up and hits you loves the game loves the culture of football gonna fit in really well here what can you tell the colgate football fans out there about drew frankel the first time we'll mention new jersey but certainly not the last drew's kind of fits in what we talk about defensively when we say our defense is three linemen two corners six runners and hitters he's a runner and a hitter you know he could play 
strong safety, free safety. He can end up at linebacker. He can play corner. He can do anything. That's what's really nice about him. He's got a big frame. Who knows what he'll grow into, but he's got great skills now. Can run. He'll hit you. We can use him in so many different ways. And again, just another culture kid who, who loves the game of football. You know, another kid that we signed was one of the first kids we got to, and we were really excited to get him. Getting a couple kids from the powerhouse, St. Thomas Aquinas and Florida coach. And let's start with the defensive back, Blaine Anderson. St. Thomas, another state championship high school program, actually was voted the national champions this year for high school. One of the preeminent high school football programs in the country. And Blaine is another kid who has all the skills we look for, Coach Ducasse looks for in a secondary. He can cover you. He's played press man. He's played zone. He's hit you. He's also good with the ball in his hand. You know, talk about maybe returning some punts and kicks. He's just a great athlete. You know, he could play corner for sure. You know, we need one guy who we knew we can line up in press coverage. We know he can do it. Loves the game. Drives him almost an hour to go to school every day wow. uh, just to be able to be a part of that program. And uh, never's late. Really going to be a good fit in the secondary. I already mentioned football state, and let's get a little more specific when talking about Pennsylvania. You could call it the linebacker state, and you got a couple from Pennsylvania. Let's start with linebacker Evan Jones. Yeah, he's from uh, the same high school that Bruce Coleman Coco, our defensive lineman. Another one of those kind of Swiss Army knife, outside linebacker, inside linebacker kid. Fits that same mold of running and hitting. You know, he's played multiple positions in high school. I would describe him as he's one of those kids. He's just a good football player. You can't go wrong yeah. if, you, if you have a bunch of good football players. And, and we'll find the exact right spot for him, whether Sam, Will, Mike, linebacker. You know, we'll, we'll get that part of it figured out. But he brings the rest. He's a runner and a hitter and he likes to play the game and has good ball skills and has been around football and obviously coming from Western Pennsylvania. That's in your blood out there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's going to be a really great addition for us. Staying in the state of Pennsylvania for the linebacker position, Coach, what can you tell us about Taylor Margolis? Taylor caught our eye when he came to our camp. He's a two-way player. He played some running back. He's a very good running back, actually. But you watch him play defense, you can tell that's his true love. He's a physical kid. Different position, but plays a game. He reminds me Ty Castillo. You know, he's got a little chip on his shoulder. He's going to hit you. He's not going to back down. He's going to stand up and fight you and just be that physical linebacker that we're looking for. Play the game the right way. I think people are really going to enjoy watching him play. Rounding out the linebacker spot, coach, with a kid from New Jersey, Christian Sweeney. I'm just changing states and, and really saying the same thing that I would say about Taylor. Physical kid. This kid's also a very good lacrosse player. You know, so he's got that spatial awareness. He's got the feet to change directions, go backwards, all the stuff that you also have to do in lacrosse. But at the end of the day, he's a runner and a hitter. You know, he's a little bit more of an inside, a little thicker kid. You know, he's going to stick his face in there. He's going to be great against the run and bring that linebacker mentality that anybody that watches Colgate play knows that. That's what we need, and, and he's just a great addition to that. I saw how excited you were for the entire class, Coach, but I think I might have noticed an extra sparkle in the eye when I mentioned defensive line. And let's start with Jalon Perkins from Pennsylvania. The coaches did a great job with this defensive line group, and I'm a firm believer that if you have a good defensive line, you have a good defense. They make everybody better. You know, Jalon is uh, that exact kid we're looking for. He's a big kid who can rush the passer, but he's big enough to stay inside but at his size his feet are incredible you know he can play basketball and really you know one of the neatest kids we have I mean just a multi-talented kid he's going to be a captain of our team one day on the field just a dominant kid who can bull rush you can drive you back and run around you he's going to wreak a lot of havoc in this league for four years Speaking about getting into the backfield, and I know you said that he's not the prototypical thick defensive lineman, but boy, Nick Marsh has some get-up. He's a pass rush guy right now. I'm not saying he's small, but he's just not built like the other two. But he's an edge pass rusher with great hands who can get around you and, and disrupt a quarterback. And that's something that you can't teach, you know? I mean, you either have it or you don't, and he's got it. And he's, he was really productive in high school as far as getting sacks, as far as getting disruptions. 
we're hoping he's going to be able to bring that to us and really make an impact as far as someone who can get the other quarterback uncomfortable, which makes our whole defense go. So we're real excited for him. When you think of the Hoosier State, you think of basketball. And, of course, through the years, Colgate men's basketball. Jack Ferguson currently on the team from Fort Wayne, Indiana. But you know what? They have great athletes in the state of Indiana, and you guys got a special one in Katree Dickens from Indianapolis, Indiana. I don't want to call him the sleeper. He's not a social media guy, so he was a guy that not a lot of people knew he'd signed you know, until his NLI came and not a lot of people knew he'd committed. That's just not him. He's a hardworking guy. He's a wrestler. The more I got to know the, the program at Avon, I'm really impressed by this school. He won't be the last kid from this school we recruit, I promise you. But he is a dominant defensive lineman. He's 280 pounds, doesn't look it, can get off the ball, can get in the backfield before you know what hit you can drive you back, you know, really, really has an opportunity to be an absolute dominant defensive lineman for us. You know, we're so lucky that Coach Belfiore and Coach Eisen did a really nice job. Coach Tacosti too, got involved in that one, you know, just staying on him. And he had a lot of offers. He had a lot of options. And, you know, we built that relationship with him and got him here. And uh, I think everyone's going to remember him. The next kid is we're going to go over to offense, Coach. And I'm not going to try to confuse people next year and call him captain, although I might want to. A great name, the quarterback Harry Kirk from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. We should make him a captain. He came to our camp, and we watched him throw the football, and he blew us away with that. I mean, accurate as all get out, great arm, all the physical tools that you want a quarterback to have. But really what sold us was his intangibles. You know, quarterback's got to have a presence. Quarterback's got to have that confidence about him. Quarterback's got to have been in a lot of big games and won some big games, and that's him. You know, he's won a lot of games in high school. You know, he's not cocky, but he's got that inner confidence that he knows he's going to be able to handle the situation. He'll be calm. He runs well enough to be an effective runner for us. Another kid who is really a good fit for both our offense and our culture. You know, he's a, he's a kid who uh, I don't think he's going to be rattled by too much, and, and he's used to playing in big games. And like I said, he's won a lot of games, which can't teach that so yeah uh, you know I think that that's a real important part of this when you think of Colgate and all the success they've had through the years you think of their trademark read option offense and with that you need great quarterbacks and you also need great running backs let's talk about a couple here coach and let's start with Max Hurlman from Wyoming Pennsylvania he's your running back who's like your slot your speed sweep your reverse not that he's not going to play also running back but he's that very versatile threat to throw the ball to maybe line him up out of the backfield kick him the ball he's a great kickoff punt returner he's got that home run speed he's got the moves he can run between the tackles and like you said this is an offense that's going to feature the running back and he's got all the skills to be used as many different ways as we can use him you know he like I said he could be don't be surprised if he lines up you see him in the slot and you know, motion in and out of the backfield and being that outside guy. Jaden Henry, as I mentioned, St. Thomas Aquinas, I'd be talking about again, and here we go. Jaden Henry also representing this powerhouse school. Again, another national championship high school player. You know, Jaden is a guy that if you were to make a mold of what a Colgate tailback should look like, He's going to fit it. You know, he's a big, strong kid. He can hit home runs. He's got speed. He's obviously played at a very high level in high school and run by people there. Uh, But really what's impressive about him is he can take a play that's blocked for four yards and gain nine. Uh, You know, and he just one of those guys wears you down, wears you down, wears you down, and then hits a home run on you. And, um, you know, he was highly recruited, had a a lot of offers from a lot of big schools. But, again, really saw the value of the college education and also saw the value of being a tailback in this offense. I think it was made for him as much as he was made for us. And when I was mentioning the read option, uh, let's not forget about the wide receivers and all the talent that Colgate has had in recent years, and uh, it looks like it could very well continue with this group. We're going to start with a somewhat local kid from Skinny Atlas, New York, Nick Womp. Nick's been coming to our camp for two years, you know, so we knew him kind of after his sophomore year. We knew he was a really good player. We got on him there, and we were able to get him. He's got multiple state records for receiving, for touchdowns, 
touchdowns. Skinny Atlas has won state championships this year. I don't think they won the state, but they got right to the end. So again, another kid who's won a lot of football games. He's a great lacrosse player, and that program's been a successful lacrosse. So he's just been around winning, yeah. you know. He's got good size. He's got a good catch radius and a great work ethic. He wants to come up and catch with our guys, and he works with his guys back in Skinny Atlas all the time. And when your talented guys have work ethic, you get great players, and I think he's ready to do that. Next wide receiver up, Jake Ryan. Yeah, another kid plays everything. I mean, he, he plays all the positions, but at the end of the day, wide receiver is where he's going to really make his money. He's got great speed. He's got a great catch radius. He can run right by you. And he can go up over you and get it. When you combine those two things, a big target, that if the quarterback underthrows it a little bit, he can jump up and get it, and a kid who can run by a defensive back. That's kind of a dream combination for a quarterback to have as his friend. You know, that's what Jake certainly brings. His dad is a coach, you know, so he's been around football. Just a football kid who, uh, you know, has been with us for a while now. So we're real happy to make it official and, and get him out there. What type of wide receiver do you expect Jake Spencer to be? Another one of those Swiss Army knives. You know, he's more of a slot type kid. Catch and run, maybe take a speed sweep, take a bubble screen, or, or get you over the middle. He's a tough kid, so he will go over the middle catch the football. I'm sure you'll see him returning punts and kickoffs one day, too. Just good football player, put the ball in his hands, and that's what you get with him. You know, he can make yards, and that's his job. You know, he's played quarterback before. He's just been around football. You know, really good kid. has been involved with us for a long time, and going to be really great to get him up here. Talking about high school powerhouses, let's talk about one in New York State, Shenango Forks, and you got a tight end from that school and Matthew Paskey. Colgate family. Grandfather played here, is in the Hall of Honor. Both his uncles played here. Matt is obviously right down the road at Chenango Forks and right down the road at a school that, again, won a state championship. So you get another kid used to winning. He came to our camp, did a great job. He's got great hands. Showed he's willing to block. You know, he's got that physicality, which you don't play at Forks without being yeah. physical. Playing basketball right now, and so you know he's athletic. And once we get him in the weight room, you know, I think the sky's going to be the limit for him. He's a football kid. You know, obviously, again, Shenango Forks, you know what you're getting. You know, we're real excited to have him drive up 12B here and, uh, and come join us. As Coach mentioned, you go right down the road for Matthew Paskey. You went a little further to get Will Parker from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, we went right down the road to the airport. <laughs> you know, again, another new area, Arizona. That's been great for us. Coach Walsh went out there. Coach Down went with him. You know, we were able to get out into a new area he could be on a linebacker board he could be an outside linebacker he'd be a pass rusher he's a physical football player that's what we need at that position you know he's going to block you he's got great ball skills at the end of the day we know we're going to be able to use him to execute in the run game his father played in the nfl his father played in i think five super bowls the bloodline's there to come in and really be an impact player for us it all starts up front with the offensive line tell us a little bit about bartle gashi yeah gashi ready for this state champion <laughs> you know again keeping that theme going also as a state finalist as a wrestler the wrestlers correlate to really good offensive linemen fits our mold for what we want out of the offensive line he's going to get after you. he likes to run block he finishes blocks he's got great feet got great leverage Loves the game of football. Another kid who was a December signee. We're just real excited. He fits exactly what we need on that offensive line. And the fact that he's a great wrestler and a state championship football player really bang, bang, or two things we really look for. Maybe one day I'll be calling this kid the blue belt brawler, Matthew McGeary. Please do. That would be great. Make Bishop say that. <laughs> yeah, same thing. St. Joe's Prep, one of the best high school football programs in all of Pennsylvania and probably one of the better ones in the country. Another state championship kid. If you were to draw what we want our inside lineman to look like, it's big chest, runs. He's got some plays on his tape where he runs and finishes with a runner, with the ball carrier. Great feet, great physicality, great in the run game, great in the pass game, and again, has won a lot of football games. Brings that winning culture right up the road here from Pennsylvania to our place. At our level, at our school, uh, offensive linemen kind of get pushed into fray early. Don't have a ton of them, so he's got to come in ready to go. And physically, both those kids are ready to kind of come in and compete to help us out early. The next kid listed is an athlete, and boy, is he coach, but 
When you see athlete listed on a football roster, you usually think of maybe a smaller person. Well, Bo Luther, he's a big athlete. This isn't is he a corner, is he a DB. This is he's a tight end, he's a D end, outside linebacker. To be honest with you, we're going to figure it out when he gets here. Let him play around, whether he plays offense, defense. We're not sure. Probably start him at tight end, start him there and see what happens. Another kid whose dad played in the NFL. Just another versatile kid. He's played a ton of positions. He's going to be a special team's dream and really brings that love of the game, the love of football. Been up to our place. Another kid came to our camp. So we've seen him. We've worked with him. And it just kind of fits seamlessly to get him here to be a Raider. I know the type of emphasis you've had on special teams since you took over the program, Coach. And for a good special teams unit, you need a good kicker. So you're bringing in Jacob Jaworski. And if that last name sounds familiar to Colgate football fans, well, there's a reason for that. He has a brother on the roster. That's right. That's right. So now we have two of them. Colgate family, uh, their uncle played here too. At the end of the day, when you do have a brother on the team, I do think one of the things that's important, and we told him this, is you know, he's here because he deserves to be here. It's got nothing to do with the fact that his brother plays on a team. You know, he came to our camp, really wowed us after his sophomore year, to be honest with you. We followed him through his junior year, came back after his junior year, wowed us again at camp. The biggest difference between going into his junior year and going into his senior year, he became a great punter. So now all of a sudden we have a kid who's a great place kicker, can really punt, and can handle the kickoffs too. So you get a lot of value out of him. You know, he can do all three things. Coming from a Colgate family, the Jaworskis are good people. They're the type of families, they're the type of players that Colgate's always had. He's going to come in and, and really feel a need and do a good job for us. Now some people may think kicking's kicking, but to do all those things well, that takes talent and not everyone can do it. You don't see a lot of kids who you could say are great place kickers and punters in particular. Two totally different skills. Punt involves having the drop and the timing and all that stuff where place kicking is more lower body and and he does both really well. Shows the type of kid he is. He became a good punter going into his senior year. He worked on it, and you could tell it was important to him. And he became a really good punter, so we love the work. I know pretty much every coach in the country is happy on National College Football Signing Day, but I know talking to you, you're legit excited. But seeing that, Coach, it takes a while to really evaluate a class. I think there's stages in evaluating a class. Obviously, you know, the first stage is when you evaluate them, decide to recruit them and offer them. You think they're good players, and then as you go through the recruiting process, you get to know them and make sure they fit your culture. You get those kids who can play and fit your culture, and you try to sign them. So that's the first step is we think we have that. You know, We think these guys are good football players. We know they're going to fit our culture. The coaches have done their research. But then they got to get here and start playing football. When they come into camp, you evaluate them as a freshman. Are they as talented as we thought? Do they kind of blend in with the guys we already have? Do they still have that love of football that we think they have? Do we see a future for them? That's kind of step two. Step three is do they actually play and produce on the field, usually by year two or three. And then, you know, you still got to evaluate it too. Do they graduate and go on to get the career we talked to them about? Do they become, you know, good citizens, good fathers? All that, you know, you never want to stop evaluating them. But at the end of the day, the first step for this class, I think, is really good. We did a good job in the early signing period of developing those relationships with those kids. In the second signing period, you know, we did a good job of staying with kids who we were on these kids. I mentioned so many state champions. A lot of these kids played football through the first signing period. You know, if you were in a state like Georgia or Texas or Florida, these guys were still playing. They couldn't visit anywhere in the first signing period. Now, it puts all that pressure on them in the second signing period. So this second signing period, all these state champion kids, we had some good players up, but it was stressful because... They're making their decisions. Everything's rushed because they were playing in the first one. So, But it all worked out really well. I'm proud of the coaches. I'm proud of you know everyone involved with recruiting here, career services, academic services, and the ADs, and everyone. It, it takes so many people to recruit a class. They all just really did a great job this year to, to get this class that we're real proud of. Is it predictable, Coach? I mean, do you look at kids that you look on your list and say, this is a can't-miss kid, and this kid, meh, we're glad to have him in. He fits the culture and stuff, but we don't know what he'll give us. 
and then that kid turns into a superstar. And maybe the can't miss kid doesn't materialize. Does that stuff happen, or are can't miss kids can't miss kids, and are kids that oh he'll be good for the culture and stuff like that? Just that, or, or is it unpredictable? I think it's a little bit unpredictable. There have been a couple kids that when we've signed them, we knew would be dominant. You know, I could go way back to. You know, I had no doubt that Nate Eaches was going to have the career he had. You know, I had no doubt Gavin McCarney, you know, guys like that. But at the end of the day, it's more the kids that you take. You know, again, when you recruit, we're trying to recruit a team, not just a group of really good players. They're going to hopefully develop together. Maybe come in as, as a role guy or maybe come in as a culture guy, but then become the best football player they can be. And I honestly believe that the Patriot League is about retention and development. You know, these guys we're talking about right now, we need to be sitting at the Colgate Inn talking about them as a senior before their senior day. It's got to be all the same kids. And over those four years, they got to improve. And that's on us as coaches and to coach them and get them better. And, and it's on them to, to want it. And I think that's how you become successful. You recruit kids who want to do that, the rest will take care of itself. You know, I'd say as a group, this group can't miss. Always got to be a little bit careful putting that tag on a kid yeah. coming in. You know, the social media and the hyping of one kid over another, sometimes that's not fair to the kid. He comes in with these unbelievable expectations and... You know, I always like to be pleasantly surprised by these kids. Yeah. You know, this is a group that it wouldn't shock me if any of these kids turned into all Americans. Hopefully, you know, we're putting rings on their fingers and winning a lot of games and they're and they're getting great jobs and, and they're all all Americans. But recruiting is so unique. It's yeah. so unpredictable. It's truly an art, not a science. That's what makes it fun. Now the National Signing Day is over with Coach. It's not like, okay, off to the Bahamas. There's still hard work to be done before Western Michigan. Our kids have been lifting since they got back, and then Monday morning we'll start with our off-season conditioning in the field house and you know, kind of gearing towards spring football at that point, right after spring break, getting our 15 spring practices in and you know, getting into our summer programs. And the next thing you know, you know you're right, we're going to be getting that plane to go to Western Michigan and start it all over. Always the bright spot in a cold, snowy, Colgate winter, Coach in Hamilton, New York, talking football with you. Thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, I appreciate it. I love doing it. I appreciate everything you do for our guys. That is Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt on the Colgate Raider Report podcast.